0: Welcome to the Kitchen Sink meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Starting in July 2021, the meeting will be hybrid. You will still be able to attend the meeting via Zoom. Please go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. I'm Julie, compulsive overeater, 100-pounder, and um, glad to see actual friends in, in person um, I, I don't have all my photos because this was a surprise but I'm very happy to do it so I'm going to pass around my phone there's three photos in there in this album Nancy has one that she's going to um, share but how what it was like thank so um, my body was always wrong in my um, I, I don't recall a time when I had, uh, you know, when anything wasn't restricted mm-hmm. to me. Um, the photos that are passing around there's one of me at around eight or nine years old wearing a, a green bathing suit. That is the day I became seriously aware that I was wrong. Although I knew, I know beforehand I was put on diets and restricted. So my mom put me in this um, bathing suit that had an apron.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she goes, those are good because they cover. <laughs> so at that age, I learned that I had to cover, that this was not right. Um, my, my childhood was uh, really wacky. And um, back and forth between parents, they divorced when I was three, uh, custody battles, kidnapping. Uh, we lived on uh, mom's uh, abusive ex-con boyfriend. Um, and dad kind of saved us from that. Us, my older brother, it's like we are together. <laughs> um, saved us from uh, that situation and handed us to a stepmother who hit us every day with a wooden spoon. <laughs> to this day, neither of us have those implements in our home. Um, and, and then, okay, um, yeah, then I turned ten. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, again, he took us from there to uh, Another stepmother um, who was more abusive. uh, um, Well, she was my stepmother, and I had two evil stepsisters, let's put it that way. Completely, totally. And so, again, just everything was restricted. All my things were restricted. It was everyone's problem. You know, I was solitary, I was mopey, you know, big surprise. And um, what what are we going to do about you?
1: What are, what
0: are we do? Um, I was the only kid at that point. There were four of us kids in the family in that third marriage, and um, we uh, like I could have diets, so I was like, I was the only one. But I was on diets here, diets there, never, never. And um, once I was in high school, some years in, uh, then Again, and uh, my brother went off to college, and so it was just me and my dad. He was really invested in my weight and um, just did everything he could prize, you know, took me to this doctor if I wanted. Um, you know, one of the most egregious was, you know, if you lose weight, I'll pay for grad school. <laughs> do something for me, and I'll do something for you. I it was for him. So of course I felt like really ashamed, like, ha- like how ashamed must TV be of me? And at that point he was he was publishing a fashion magazine. So he's out with models every day, blah, blah, blah. So, um, he was just swinging 70s. <laughs> so that was, that's, I just got, I just kept being a self-fulfilling prophecy. I just kept getting bigger and bigger, sugar, 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 flower, 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 sneaking all the time, um, and I just stay that way. I would get on some diets from nutritionists. I mean, I did them all. I was a like Weight Watchers as a kid when, when you had to eat liver. You yeah, remember that? Yeah. And then, and then cholesterol happened. Um, and then um, I did Nutrisystem. That was after college. Uh, But in college, you know, I worked in the food service, which was great, because I had total access to all the chocolate chip cookies. And one thing that the abusive ex-con boyfriend wouldn't let me have at the Shenandoah School here, um, after school, was chocolate chip cookies. What's my major binge food, right? You don't have to page Dr. Ford to figure that one out. So, that, that was great, but I, you know, I'd lose weight, I'd gain it back, up and down, up and down. Um, I had friends. I certainly didn't have a boyfriend. Um, I was always really boy crazy, and, and they just, you know, never, never. Why? Because I was fat. No other reason. Two Jewish parents, none of them said so when you get married, when you have a boyfriend. Not one day in my life. Um, my grandfather did ask me about kids and I said shouldn't I have the preliminary <laughs> Um so I just kept getting bigger I moved back to New York after after college and um, I, I, did ha- I did have my experiences were with men were I was well the college was all drunk and I was the girl when their girlfriends were out of town. And then I went through a series of married men, which I held off at first. And then I was like, this is all that's coming up. So, obviously, this is all I get. This is all I'm worth. Um, and and then I did have an actual, like, normal-ish boyfriend for a while. Um, and... After that, again, in New York, just kept going on and on. I did wander into a meeting in New York. I met this dude on the subway. I should just tell you the quality there. And he was an A. And he told me about wait. I called him my foul-weather friend. <laughs> he, uh, he'd come by my house when it was, like, raining or snowing. He'd me and then leave. See, which was his fault, Um, So I did wander into some meetings, and there were these meetings down in uh, St. Mark's Place, and I went like every day for for a few months. I don't remember anyone talking about steps, sponsors, anything. And I think I was probably just so blinded, you know. And what I did get out of that was seeing that there were two sides of the disease. Because at first I was like, what the hell are these anorexics doing here? They have the good disease. They get after school specials made about them. <laughs> uh, we don't. Why are they there? So that, was, that, that made me see that that exists. Um, so I, uh, I, I, I moved out here. And, you know, I did a geographic. I was a a million times happier in all things here. So that didn't change my weight for a while. Um, So just growing, growing, growing and then I decided after a lot of research to have weight loss surgery. And this is my story. I would Do it again in a heartbeat. Um, I went and had the most radical, I mean, back in that day, it's been like 17 years. um, They didn't have all these other sleeve rings, blah, blah, blah. And what I did was, uh, you know, you couldn't put it back. When I told my dad, he was, you know, overjoyed. And he said, um, you know, if you want me to help financially and I said no this is my thing and I took it back um, so I, I did that I the first year you know worked out what you're supposed to do everything and um, lost 99 pounds obviously a failure because I didn't do 100 <laughs> Um, before that, I, the, the day before surgery was 225. But having unearthed a couple of these photos uh, lately, uh, I was way way over that. That I can't be. I can't. Um, and, I, you know, I fit in clothes. I could pull it mm-hmm. And <laughs> I could just walk in anywhere. So it was around that time, about a year after, that I came to the program. Uh, a friend of mine who's in the program she, she started talking to me about it we, we have had extremely uh, uh, bizarre parallel lives um, you know our, both of our parents went to Fairfax High they, they're all narcissists something had to be in the water back then they were all in the same class and um, you know we uh, we grew up you know here and there, other, we're both in the same industry. We, like, finally found each other. We had the same, you know, food insanity. Uh, similar we had s- similar body types. I looked more like I'd be her sister than her actual sister. Yep. Um, and I introduced her to her husband. So, um, that hasn't So she uh, So, she brought me in, and I stayed. And... I um, I didn't get a sponsor for a long time because little miss responsible I'm the one who took care of everything I could anyone could call me anytime with anything and I have no one that I could call no one could handle the enormity of my problems so when I finally decided to get one I I Everyone I walked up to was like, oh, like, <laughs> to make this even more difficult. And then um, even one woman, like, right at Serena Sunday, like, from the podium said, I'm looking for a sponsee. And by the end of the meeting, she was full. <laughs> and, oh, I like that Serena Sunday was the first meeting I went to. I actually went before my friend um, brought me in. I did go a couple times. Uh, before, but it just didn't stick. But I do remember sharing Sunday was the first LA meeting <coughs> because the, uh, the secretary was this cute guy, and I went to get my new cover chip because I got a, got a bonus hug. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, where was it? Okay, so I found a sponsor. Um, she was bulimic, she, you know, but she had what I wanted at that moment which was availability mm-hmm. and she she took me through uh to about 10 and then she was a little too mean so I broke up with her waited a while again and then heard someone talk and surrounding Sunday again and uh I've been with her ever since I've even lost count of how many years um Meantime, in abstinence, which I mean, after the surgery, I just put down flour and sugar completely, anyway. Um, and <coughs> I, I was gaining. Oh my god, I was abstinent meal, but there was a lot of stuff. And um, and I knew with the way with the surgery that I would, you know, even out and whatever. But I was more than I wanted to be. And I'm like, I worked really hard on this. (laughs) I don't want this anymore. And so that was about, I think, three, four years ago, maybe, uh, when my sponsor got on sober Mm -hmm. eating and then told me about it and got me on And so that entailed logging and committing my food, which I swore I would never do, and if I was going to make a change that I, you know, I had to let her know and if I was going to go into a dangerous place I had to call her that almost scared me enough to not (laughs) go there and that uh, resulted in getting me down another 30 or so pounds to a weight that I am now that I had never ever been as small as I can, um, and you know, I say that the. Some people go, "Oh, what well, would you have lost all the weight if you hadn't had the surgery?" And mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's not what happened. Um, so the surgery absolutely helped me take the weight off. The program one hundred percent helps me keep it. Mm-hmm. And um, as all of us dieters know, the problem with the diet is that it's always focused on the goal. Mm-hmm.
1: It's never focused on the next day. Because
0: mm-hmm. the next
1: day is a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and around the same time I started sober eating, I took a big book workshop. I knew I was like, I need another meeting. And I haven't really delved into the big book. So I took the big book workshop life changing um, my respect for this book that a couple of you know, low down drunks <laughs> put together with such wisdom it's like the bible every time you read it it's like a different thing not, I not really read the bible but um, it's uh, and it was in that room that I got the spiritual awakening 12-13 years in the program um, had a real problem with God uh, but it it, it happened and I think that combination is what really let me, you know, my program just super take off. I started sponsoring, um, and you know, I I know that it's a program. I know that it's a program because I have to say I am uh, now a 61 year old postmenopausal woman. Had a hysterectomy and I don't exercise and I could lose this weight and keep it up. So that's just scientifically not possible, you know, not more probable. So it's, um, you know, it can only be programmed. It can only be, you know, the grace of my higher power mm-hmm. gives me. Um, I can talk more about God in the, in the, in the Q&A. Um, but I, it's just... I ne- when I would come in, and people would say, I'm a grateful hovering over uh, reader. Like, seriously? Grateful? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, wouldn't you rather not have this stuff that we have? Um, and uh, this past year, you know, year and a half, has been, you know, a shitstorm for everyone in the world. And 2020 started with uh, uh, a man who I really thought was a really, really, um, one of us, by the way, uh, but not the program, uh, just up and leaving, just in January. Then then in March, my mom got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, My dad got COVID along with a billion other things that he had. He was on the East Coast. I couldn't go see him. Mom was here. My brother couldn't come see her. Um, 2021 is even worse. In January 28th, my mom passed away. I, um, I spent those 10 months with her, helping her, one of the most, you know, uh, a, a blessing and an honor to do. I was January 28th, and uh, February 5th, my, do- my dad died. So it, it's been a bit. It's been a lot. Um, and then just this past week, a dear friend of mine is 30 years, died, and another friend of mine's, you know, um, <coughs> husband got cancer. Again, I'm 61. This is what happens. This is life. This is how life... It is. This is what happens when you get here. Um, I had a lot of issues with my parents, obviously, but I had also come to a point of extreme peace where at the end, I, I had nothing more to say. I had amazing relationships with them. People were, it's like, this is a miracle. My mom worked for me for 21 years. Um, and I knew that there was nothing more that I needed to say or prove, or do, just to tell them I love them and thank you. Recently, <laughs> there's been something that has, has went down with my dad, and I found out that has really rocked. That it's been extremely difficult. Uh, guess what? I get to feel all the anger. I get to feel all the pain. Lucky us. And, and um, what I need to do is do what, you know, do the work. Do the work. Because if I were face down in a bowl of bridge mix, I would not be able to get over it. And I'm, I know that for a fact. And, you know, gratitude is not a big enough work, you know, for that, so... My time's probably up. I look forward to your questions. Thank you so much for it. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinion of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible, on the OA podcast and I will restate the question and what we're going to do so if you're out there in Zoom land and you know have a question put it in the chat and then our tech yes. person will um, message oh message the host right because the chat is, is not working uh, message the host and then she will ask the question we're going to switch off between live and Memorex and um, thank you so much for your share I know we were sending names online anyway <laughs> yeah um, so I think you said at one point that you know you didn't believe in God could you talk about you know the spiritual waking your conception of a higher power how it evolved absolutely <laughs> the, the question was about a uh, higher power and my um, conception and how I got over my God stuff <laughs> so yeah God was a big problem um, I, one of the first things that I heard here uh, in the rooms was there There must be a God because I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And that, that resonated because with my childhood and everything, I should just be washed up, you know, on a beach. Um, so I had a really hard time with God because if there was a God, why am I like this? Why And, and why do things keep coming, especially with men? It's like, it's like something would start but then it ends before it started and then this and that and, I just, and I'd get my hopes up and I just I felt God was slapping me on the wrist going ah, 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 ah. silly you you hoped again um, <laughs> then there was the whole like metaphysical how do God, God and Hitler exist in the same realm um, you know really bad things happen to really good people you know and, and really good things happen that are really bad people so none of that was making sense to me um, I if you recall that show um, the, the actor's studio at the end the pompous uh, interviewer would ask these questions and one of the questions was um, if, the, you know, if heaven exists what do you want God to say to you when you reach the pearly gates and I know everyone who watched it had their answered. And my answer was, I'm sorry. So dig this. That's God apologizing to me. So that was my relationship with God. In the big book study, what, the, the, the lightning bolt came uh, when we were going through we agnostics, and um, it talked about some kind of issue. And then it said, you know, basically it said we could... We can have all these conversations, but, and I'm going to paraphrase, but for our purpose, it doesn't serve us. And it was those three words, for our purpose, that, bing, it just went off. What's my purpose? My purpose is to recover. So if all this mental masturbation is getting in the way of my purpose, it's not, it, get rid of it. I can still have, you know, intellectual conversations, but it doesn't matter. That's not gonna bring me to recovery. And um, so my concept, um, it's pretty simple. It's just, it's something that's got my back. Something that's got my back. And now, and it's really hard (laughs) to believe that. I have a really hard time Um, because sometimes I'm like, okay, this is, whatever my life is, I guess is what God wants me to be. Childless, spouseless, I have a business that's really not keeping me warm at night, um, (laughs) My my mother used to call the books that I've written her grand books, and but um, <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, here you know there's nothing else I can do about it. I'm here. So it's kind of my journey. There's no, nobody on Zoom, land. Okay. Yep. Um, so you decided. Thank you for your shirt, right? Um, you decided to do the surgery before really kind of, this is what I heard you say, um, the spiritual component of your disease. Um, how did you handle that space in between um, in order to continue to have a bridge available for you? So I did think about it. So I had, because I decided to have surgery before going into any recovery program. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did you bridge the gap between, like, you know, that time, that That, like, kind of year before yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I went in. Yeah. Uh, I was scared shitless to get anything back. I, and because I was such a good dieter, I followed everything. I read all these blogs. I had the newsletters. I went to the support groups. I did, it, I did everything that I was supposed to. I'm good at that. That's how I was a good diet. I'm a good soldier. I'm a rural sheriff. But if I go AWOL, forget about it. So I um, hadn't got there yet, thankfully. Um, so I, I think that's it. I think it's the diet training actually came in handy. Anyone? Mm-hmm. Bueller?
1: Yes. Thank you,
0: What do you do on a daily basis for your What do I do on a daily basis for my program? So, I get up, put the coffee on, and I do my 10-step, and I log my food, and I send it to my sponsor. And until I do that, I am not allowed to read the newspapers or watch the talk shows from the <laughs> night before or anything else. So that's my room, I'm good, I'm making room. Um, so, so that works out. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I do log my meals, my sponsor probably thinks that she's seen the same day again and again, I you have know, my repertoire. Um, and sometimes I read, we, we, I am working on a, another kind of uh, big book OA, big bookish study, with, with my sponsor, so I'm supposed to read and then write about it, which I do a couple times a week, although with a lot of, the past couple of months, I haven't quite um, kept up with that. I talk to my sponsor three times a week. I talk with my sponsor three times a week. I make her do what my sponsor makes me do. Um, and I go to three meetings and do service when I can. Uh, can you talk about your higher power? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I, my sponsor had me try this one thing that has been incredible. This kind of back and forth prayer. So I do try to pray every day. I do forget. It did come up in the beginning of the pandemic. I timed the third step prayer, and it was 20 seconds, so I say it when I wash my hands. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, yeah, it worked. work. So, so this back and forth prayer. So you write the prayer to God, and then you write what God says back to you. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds like you could just go, oh, can I have this, this, and this? And then it would go, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen that way. But, but really incredible things have happened. And um, I, I, I found out that uh, my, my God has a sense of humor. My God is a smart ass. I mean, it just stuff comes out. Because, like one day it was like, yeah, Julie, what? Um, so that's, that is That is something that, that it, I'd like to maybe start doing it more regularly but definitely when I'm in a payment definitely when there's something I need um, I last month I was back to memorial for my dad and um, it was difficult because of all this other stuff going on and a lot of tension and I was just you know, so pissed at him, I go. I I don't even know. I don't even know if I can say anything. Um, which I which would be like thunders in my absence. And so I did that. I sat down and I did that. And you know, it was like I'll be there. And you just put one word in front of the other, and uh, so I did. Hmm. Uh, Yellow. Yes. <laughs> do I sponsor and how do I do that I do sponsor uh, my capacity is one sponsor at a time and um, so basically the way I am we've got the sober eating the daily 10th step we go we go through the foods I think in the beginning she had a food sponsor, or, or and, and um, I was like, ah, it's all together. Because to me, it is all together. Um, and then, like I said, we talk every day. We're going through the steps, so we're so we're doing step work. Um, we haven't really gone through the big book, but we're doing the step work from the OA. Um, but also the worksheets, you know, like the fourth step in columns and that kind of good stuff and I've learned a lot This is only my second sponsee it took me a while to like and the first sponsee God love her um, I she had a lot of people in her life who enabled her and I was like I'm not going to be one of them right mm-hmm. and then I realized that this was exactly what I was doing <laughs> and it wasn't good for me and it wasn't good for her <clears throat> and I actually realized wait a minute I had offered to be her Mm-hmm. It's not how that's supposed to go. It's supposed to come to me, you know, So I, you know, had to break it off with love, and we still talked to each other. And you know, she's a dear friend. I learned learned a lot from that. We have a question. Uh, you reached out for support when you were going through the grieving process recently, uh, but you also seem to have good families around. Communicated. When and how it would best be, can you discuss that process a little bit?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, so reach out for help during the grieving process. Mm-hmm. What was the second part? Can you discuss that process a little bit? Like basically they had two boundaries. That, that part would best reading. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I sought outside help when I needed it and continued to. Um, I had to process it, Mm -hmm. and I'm still processing it, it's Mm -hmm. like in grief time, it's been a minute and a half um, the 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 enormity of it was insane Mm -hmm. but that's, that's, you know, what it was, so um you know, prayer, talking to my sponsor about the things that, that come up about it, that come up about, um, you know, if I were, you know, non-functioning, I wouldn't be able to contribute to my recovery. The stuff that I gotta go through now with my dad, I have to go through because one of my laws is nothing gets to fuck with my serenity. Mm-hmm and <laughs> that was doing it. And so, um, it, it's a process. I know I'll get there because I cannot live with anger and I cannot live with resentment, period. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. I think we have time You mentioned Can you describe what the
0: difference you is <laughs> between sober eating and garden variety and absence? Yes, the difference between sober eating and absence, just garden variety um, and <laughs> absence. There, to me, the difference is the, is the, the respons- ultimate responsibility to someone else, and that I'm planning and logging. I, you know, in the past, in the diet, diets, right? Everything down, um, I That that I felt that made me more obsessed about the food, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be more obsessed. Well, guess what? The opposite happened. It's handled, and it's planned. It's not reported. End of the day is recording. Beginning of the day is planning, um, and then it, then it takes it out out of my mouth, out of my brain. Um, you know, I'll check on my little app. and go, wait, what am I doing for dinner? And how much is this? And blah blah blah. And I'm weighing and measuring. Also, never wanted to do that. Um, and so to to me, the the, the sober part of it, and I truly think we should be called sobriety and they should have abstinence to beverage people but um, is responsibility responsibility to someone else I don't know if you could do that and not report it because you know because the brain and the disease can make you do all kinds of stuff which happened to me the other day I had some crunchy stuff that came with an order and I'm like okay let me weigh them waste so much more um, and then I'll just package them for later in little you know serving packages and then I got a really good idea to just <laughs> have one <water.
1: laughs> <laughs> like, the alarms
0: went off and I crushed uh, them up and put water on them and threw them in the trash and and I, I was never a trash eater so I knew that that would be that would be fine I me, mean, oh, two, two minutes. Uh-huh. And, uh, a question. So, um, what do you do uh, for prayer first thing in the morning? Like, um, for prayer? Yeah, like, what, do do if, uh, oh, what do you do if you do prayer first thing in the morning? Okay. I always forget to do prayer. <laughs> 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 I used to have, like, on my 10 step thing, like, Pray. um and uh, so I, I tried throughout the day, I do that, you know, the third step. I added something to the third step of um, uh, may, may I hear and do thy will always. Because, it, you know, it, that, that's a hard thing to figure out what, what the will is. So I try to be more conscious of it. I'm not great at it. I don't have a, you know, early morning or late night thing. It would probably be a good thing to do. Um, sometimes I get really pissed when, like, I'm mad at someone and then the, the thing goes in my head. Oh, I can not pray for that person. <laughs> I guess I have to. Because I know that was a me telling me what to do. You know, that was, that was definitely God telling me, telling me what to do. One minute, quickly. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for stepping up and us sharing. Uh, you shared an opinion just now uh, that uh, you think this program could be a perfect pur- sobriety. Right. Can you
0: expand on that? Yeah, because the sobriety versus, versus abstinence very quickly. I mean, we, you know, I think that the hardest thing about our thing and, and <laughs> is that we, we have to eat, right? We gotta eat something. And so it seems more that it's, it's more sober. Yes, we abstain from certain things, but we don't abstain from the substance. So, I mean, I'm not an AA, but, but generally they abstain from the substance. Now, some people go, well, we have to drink, here you know, drink water for the pump. So it, so it seems like that, it just seems like that would be absent. And what we do are sober. It's just, I'm a language nerd. So. <laughs> Thank you so uh, much. <laughs>